think that works. I don't actually know how to start those. Like, I guess it could technically be a podcast, but... Oh no, there are probably a lot of reasons why I'm doing this. Anyway, welcome to this whatever. Uh, I'm gonna call it Yard Talks, since my microphone is attached to... This is a yardstick, right? Yeah, it's a yardstick. <laughs> Thought it was a meter stick for a second. So I wanted to make this just like... Because... A lot of people have been talking about history recently. And... I have a lot of thoughts. All of which cannot be summarized in like a single Facebook post. Uh... But... I do have a lot of thoughts. And they may seem like disjointed as I'm going along. But just know the recurring theme or like... Motif or message that... I really want to push forward is that you really need a vote. Like, voting is incredibly important. So, <clears throat> everything in this world, it's not burning. It's just we're noticing the fire. Because uh, this has been going on for a while. People often make the argument that it's better than what it was in the past. But at the same time, Celebrating racist statues, uh, which is a little bit disingenuous. And they're technically right, it is better than what it was in the past. Kinda. Like, I guess we're not actively killing anyone with like a hint of melanin anymore, or enslaving them. Unless you talk about our prisons, but that's a different issue. I just wanted to talk about (coughs) the historical foundations, because, like, once again, we're having this debate about statues and taking down racist things, like statues of Christopher Columbus, which have been beheaded, which I personally think is hilarious, uh, but a lot of people have an issue with. Uh, all over the country for at least like the past three weeks now people have been like removing statues toppling them and I think it's beautiful um one of the core arguments against removing statues of say confederate generals or like just people who don't have the most clean past is that it's erasing history but Statues aren't meant to remember history. They're meant to memorialize the heroes through history. And I think that's the biggest issue with how we're taught history. History is all about heroism. We heroize every single person. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Lincoln, to like even U.S. Grant, U.S. Ulysses uh, Ulysses Grant uh ah what was what was his name the oh I'm blanking here I'm also gonna do this entire thing in one take cause like free flowing thought is the best form of thought in my opinion um Winston Churchill Winston Churchill MLK Gandhi Mother Teresa 
if we've grown up in the American history system, taught by the American public education system, we aren't told the history of a nation. We're told many vignettes of heroes. And that's not what history is. At least in my classes, we never really talked about the Black Panther movement. We only glossed over the civil rights movement. We completely skipped the Japanese internment camps and the pillaging of South Africa, South America too. Uh, apartheid. What else did we skip? Oh yeah, the propping up of dictators, the Iranian revolution, the Chinese revolution, uh, a revolt, something like that. Uh, we don't learn anything about the treatment of Indians and colonial, br- colonial, or I guess it was the British Raj, still call them colonialism. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of that skipped, and it's because it doesn't really shed in the best light of America's favorite heroes, like, so many different people. Like, Woodrow Wilson was hailed as a progressive leader who made giant steps towards, like, quote-unquote racial equality. But in actuality, he didn't want anyone of color on his staff. He was racist beyond all belief. He he started the raid. The, he did the Banana Wars, which was basically just destroying all sense of stability in South America. But he is hailed as a hero because he was president. And we never learned about the Banana Wars in history class, or at least I didn't. All this kind of takes independent history, because history... Independent research, sorry. Because, uh... History is all about context, in a greater sense, not about, like, individual role models we should aspire to be. But the... It's weird, because the American education system, beyond, like, trying to quote-unquote educate us, the goal is also to motivate us. No, they don't want us to give up on our passion. So as a result, they try and teach us American history. Whoops. They try to teach us American history through, like, the eyes of heroes, and they try to heroize every single person, from Christopher Columbus to... Woodrow Wilson, and then they just, like, skip over, like, they skip over parts of those said heroes' lives that we may see in a different color of light. For example, like, Helen Keller. Everyone knew that she was this miraculous, blind, and mute, deaf woman who, uh, overcame her disability and just went to college, succeeded in all rights of it. But that was only mainly her childhood. No one talks about Helen Keller for the years after she graduated college, which ironically, she was a socialist. Uh, and it's not that like socialism's bad, it's just being someone from a disabled background kind of showed her the inequality laced in the American system that made her want to be a socialist. I'm not saying any political ideology is wrong, and honestly, socialism's great on paper. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I mean, on paper, yeah. It's 
it's great on paper and like obviously I don't fully believe in socialist beliefs but like we just completely skip over that idea because the US has this giant anti-socialist idea and they don't want one of the heroes that they teach us to be so such a strong proponent of that idea it's against the quote-unquote America way and heroizing these people in American history without fully talking about like everything else in their lives like the thousands of deaths and rapes that uh, Christopher Columbus happened to like that Christopher Columbus is responsible for Um, the unnecessary banana wars that Woodrow Wilson pioneered the slaves that Thomas Jefferson had the the fact that Gandhi uh, had sex with his niece to prove that he was celibate and was also incredibly racist. Um, all these ideas, all these facts, are just gone from our historical learning. Like, no one knows that. Unless, like, you research it. But say, like, you don't have time to research it. Because you're just, like, trying to make ends meet or, like, working hard to pay rent or whatever. You don't have time to do extra research into random stuff. The only reason I know this stuff is because I am a curious person who doesn't have a life and more free time than I should. Ish. I'm also in law school, so there is that. But it's this heroization culture in American history that leads people to prop these truly awful human beings on literal pedestals. Like the... John Oliver did a story about Confederate statues, and he showed that most of the Confederate statues weren't put up, uh, like, after the Civil War, but rather, like, during times when white people wanted to show their white superiority, like, during the Civil Rights Movement and stuff like that. They weren't put up as a way to remember history. They were put up as a celebration of the oppressive nature of white history. And, like, they do that from street names, too, to military bases. All things that honestly need to be fixed. Um, But it's because they see them as heroes. If you go to, like, I think it's South Carolina, which was the first state to secede, Uh, you go talk to the people there, and a lot of them tell you that the Civil War was the war of Northern oppression. It wasn't about slavery, it was about states' rights. Despite the fact that their, I don't know, I think it's like an article of secession, has multiple references to slavery. Like, their cognitive dissonance due to the heroization of these false idols is so thick that it is impossible for for them to see the racial subtext behind their beliefs. And that is 
in part due to the American education system. I honestly think that. Because we are not properly taught history. At all. Which I understand to an extent, because you only have like a certain amount of time, but... And it's not like you can teach the Cambodian genocide in like a fifth grade class. It's too heavy. High school and middle school are the best times to like teach those heavy things, but you also need to do like other things like the state history or whatever. And even state history is very, very, very much, uh, I don't even want to say, it is whitewashed, but I think a better term would be Disneyfied, Disneyfied. Actually, yeah, a lot of our history courses are di Disneyfied. Disney, there's a proper term for that. I'm not saying it, but we're just gonna assume it's Disneyfied. Um, cause you have. So I grew up in New Mexico, and obviously we learned about all these Spanish conquistadors and stuff like that. But we don't ever learn about the injustices and just horrid things they did in pre-New Mexico, Mex New Mexico. We just learn that they founded the state. They made the civilization. They quote-unquote civilized the people who were already here. We named malls after them. We put up statues in Old Town after them. It's... It's... Incredibly disheartening. Uh, but we don't learn that. We don't know that. So we don't have a second thought about it. And I do admit, like, a lot of the... A lot of responsibility on, like, educating yourself on the greater context is, like, an individual responsibility, too. Like, you should know where... I don't know. You should know what our founding fathers did. Not a single founding father was a good person. At all. Like, proof of this is they didn't even want to have the discussion of freeing slaves. They just tabled it for an amount of years in our constitution. Our constitution... Still, by the way, with, I don't even actually know if there's an amendment for this, but it still counts a black person as three-fifths of a person. Like, constitutionally, that's still a thing. And they did that. Our founding fathers who wrote the, our, who wrote the Constitution did that. <laughs> we just never address it. We just think, oh, they made this great document that created our government, but they also created our government with a whole, whole bunch of racial inequalities. And even, like, the Democratic pedestal candidate, uh, FDR, a lot of his New Deal excluded uh, black Americans, as well as other colored Americans, too, but... American history is filled with conscious attempts to subjugate those of color and we n we're never told that. The way American history is shaped in our education system, we are taught that the civil rights movement solved racism. 
we all know that's a goddamn lie. Pardon my language. Um, I don't know. There are other reasons behind, like... There are other reasons behind, like, not learning about context. And, like, like I said, a lot of the responsibility does boil down to the individual, but our education system really doesn't do a good job. But this isn't... I guess this isn't a critique of our education system because I could do an entire different three-hour-long video on that because I hate so much of it. Um, This is about history, and it really bothers me to see individuals telling people to that tearing down statues of oppressors is destroying history while at the same time telling those very people who were oppressed to get over it. I think the cognitive dissonance and the double standard there, it's phenomenal and I don't, I don't get it. There's this weird motif amongst, like, white, fragile Republicans, which is more than I'd like to admit, uh, about how this country is being taken away from them, but it's not. They created the rules and then realized that it wasn't quote-unquote okay to be racist and then just continued to be racist and not changing rules. Uh... Our government does nothing about that. Like, I think it was... Honestly, it's an issue of gender equality, too, because I don't think it was until... I want to say either 2016 or 2018 that uh, one of the houses of Congress finally had to make a woman's bathroom. Two thousand sixteen or two thousand eighteen. I think it's almost been a hundred years since women's suffrage has passed. And we're doing this now. It's hard not to feel lost. Cause the more you read about history, the more you realize how much the deck is stacked. And that's That's why so much unrest is happening right now. It's not that, like, BLM is quote-unquote racist against white people. Or... Or that, uh... Everyone suddenly hates cops. It's that after... Almost 250... Uh, I want to say 250. It's almost 250. After almost 250 years, the the racism in our system is being recorded. It's not being uncovered because we all knew it was there. 
but it's being recorded. And because of the platform of the internet, more people are seeing it. Everyone knew it, but now they're seeing it. And there's a difference between knowing something and seeing it. I... I could know... Trying to think of a good metaphor. I could know that my house is on fire and be 400 miles away and not do anything. Because I personally think I can't. But if I'm seeing this fire happening, I'm gonna put it out. And I think that's what's happening now. And the fact that so many of these racial injustices, specifically by police, have been committed in such a short amount of time while we're all almost jobless, it's reinvigorating people to want change in the system. But if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm not sure that change is going to come. I want it to. I, I really do. But in the past week and a half, I've seen this movement die down. A lot. Uh, it's kind of depressing. Because I thought, finally, we would have this movement. Multi-city protest. We haven't seen this stuff to this level in years. Uh, and I was thinking that this won't be just like Ferguson. This won't be just like Baltimore. It won't be uh, just like the countless other cities where it happens for a few weeks and then it blows over because now BLM became a household name. But here we are like a month later and you can see it dying out. And I thought we were ready for a revolution. And I know that the movement's gotten a lot of flack for violence and rioting, but... <sighs> How else are you going to hear a movement if it wasn't loud? Everyone criticizes the... Oh, what's the word? Looting of targets and stuff like that. The target funds the Minneapolis Police Department. So... They're complicit, if not actively participating in a broken system. Um, I, I don't understand why this movement is being criticized so much for being violent. You see movements in Syria, Yemen, Iran, Iraq, uh, trying to think of other countries, I'm each Egypt, Libya, so much in like other countries. And you have Americans saying justice for so-and-so country, uh, justice for that country, and they support the resistance. They acknowledge that violence is a necessary thing that they need to do in order to win their rights back. And I'm not condoning violence, but to see those same people demonize the violence of the current movement, it's such a double standard. And I don't get it. 
I really don't get it. Throughout this entire thing, an argument I've heard a lot is that uh, India was able to gain independence because of non-violent civil disobedience. That's not entirely true. First off, I want to start off with the fact that the, that the sheer fact that hunger strikes actually works kind of for independence is completely baffling. But you also need to know that this was after World War II. Britain was almost broke. It was hard to keep their own country afloat, let alone continue to rule India amongst the other numerous countries that were under the royal crown. So, when India wanted independence, I think Britain saw it more as like, oh cool, we could relieve this debt structure that's gonna cost us a lot after World War II. Because also, you have to remember, World War II had to do a lot, uh, not World War II, sorry, Britain had to do a lot of rebuilding after World War II. Like, that was a giant financial thing for them. And people just say, oh, India got its independence because of civil disobedience that was peaceful. That's, that's not true. And it goes back to us not learning enough about history. We don't learn the greater context of things that are happening. And that's... That's why all these statues are being taken down. Because people are st finally starting to pay attention to the greater history, and honestly, I love it. Uh, I realize I'm circling in my thoughts, but... I'm stuck in a loop in my head, and I realize it's probably not fun for you to just watch me think in a midst of silence. Uh, I also realize I gotta enunciate more, because according to my computer, I'm not talking loud enough. So that'll be fun. Um, everybody wants to celebrate history. And that's not the purpose of history. We celebrate groups of people. We celebrate uh, individuals, fine. But we don't celebrate history. We learn from it. That's why a bulk of history is in a museum where statues of racist Confederate generals should be. Because things like that need greater context. And in a museum, they're surrounded by it. Context is key. That's one of the biggest things that I like live my life with thinking that context is key because it honestly is. Context is the determinant value in so many different decisions. And we ignore it in history. We just hear why it's racist people because they did one great thing. And it's ludicrous. Like, I, I don't get it. History is not clean. We continuously pretend it is. 
and remain passive in a racially charged system. I... The more I read up on things, the more lost I feel. Uh, I, my philosophy in life is that the glass, well, I have many philosophies in life. Uh, one, one of my biggest mottos in life is be better. And that means be better like tomorrow continuously strive to be better everything can be better it's not that you hate it currently although you might but it's there's always an opportunity to be better and kind of on that note i see life in our world is a glass half empty but that doesn't mean we can't fill it and i'm starting to question that motivation because like the systems are so intricate and I will do whatever I can to, like, promote any kind of change that we can. It's just I'm starting to lose hope with this movement dying out in the face of, like, a lot of white people who just posted random black Instagram photos. Because we're losing momentum. We have a snapshot memory as it is. And it wasn't up until this point that... It wasn't up until this point that I thought that the snapshot memory that we all have will lead us to be complicit and passive in the face of a system that is intricately designed to repress those of color. And, yeah. I want to change things, but you look at the reaction of politicians, you look at the reaction that some people still for some reason have against BLM. Like, yeah, you have all these companies finally endorsing their ideals. The NFL, like, encouraging kneeling or something like that. But yeah, it's still a snapshot memory kind of thing, and there's still always going to be the people against it. And those people are in office. You have our own president who threatened to shoot people, sent in ATF, uh, the Park Service, and like other military forces against protesters in DC. You have DC trying everything it can to gain statehood to avoid that situation again. You have Mitch McConnell, who's actively rejecting that idea. It just seems like every hope of change that we have 
is just a glimmer of hope that is taken away by the snapshot memory of the American people and those in power who have gained said power under the same rigged system that as a result they have no interest in changing and that's depressing and this is why this is why we need a complete system overhaul it's a weird time on top of this we're still dealing with a pandemic and people don't even know how to put on a mask you have people who are saying that somehow putting on a mask is the equivalent of worshipping the devil which is a thing I never thought I would live in a time where science was so hotly debated I think that's enough topics for this video or whatever this is uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that uh, uh, the cops that killed Breonna Taylor have yet to be arrested uh, so yeah act on that um, don't give up just, I know things are depressing, but don't give up. Like, this is going to be a long thought process. No one said the change was going to be quick. But the moment we stop and lose our momentum is the moment that we concede to a broken system. And we can't let that happen. And those of you who are criticizing based on violence or whatever, name one revolution that was not based upon violence. Just one. And yeah, just one. Because most of them have, if not all. Like, look at the American Revolution, an entire thing that started because uh, someone, a group of, I don't know, settlers or whatever, uh, threw rocks at British soldiers and they shot back. They shot back. Meanwhile, black Americans are being killed by our police system. Unprovoked. <laughs> you don't want a revolution? Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening or watching my random spules of being bored with my thoughts at all, I guess. Uh, I wanted to put more jokes in here, but I guess this just turned out the way it is. Sorry. Have a great day, and please don't stop, and yeah.